The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And hello everyone and welcome back to WGBB Sports Talk New York on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM WGBB. Gary Harding, John Panneries, our number two of our Sunday evening, November the 28th, 2021. Again, we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Um, again, before we continue, just want to remind everybody, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at WGBB Sports Talk. You can check out the website at WGBBSportsTalk.com. All the past shows are there. Any show information coming up, that's the place to go. And again, we are podcasted, WGBB Sports Talk, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, definitely check us out. Usually our podcasts um, from the first hour are on are usually up about 5 a.m. the next morning. So Monday morning, you can check out the first hour. Again, if you didn't hear the interview with uh, Dwayne Rollison, uh, definitely that's the place to go. And uh, John's little uh, Islander rant. Legendary. legendary. It'll be it'll be one of uh, recording uh, history. You know, we'll hopefully get that submitted to the um, you know professional podcast or sports talk hall of fame. <laughs> um, again, if you want to give us a call on the show, the number to reach us five one six six two three twelve forty. We were told if you're in Nassau County, you got to dial one first. Not if you're in Suffolk, but that's okay. But that's where you reach us five one six six two three twelve forty is the number to reach out to the studio. At 9.30, we are going to have Paul Kreischer, our our uh, semi-regular uh, guest host, if you will, give us his little uh, insight and talk about the about the Islanders. But, you know, John, we were talking in the car on the way, um, on the way in. Um, you know, the Mets, a uh, pretty interesting situation for them over the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, riding the ship a little bit, it looks really... Gloomy and you know and Doomy. grim, you know, with losing Syndergaard and 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 Loop and just looked like everything. Everybody was turning down the the, the position of uh, you know GM, and all of a sudden, uh, within a week span, you know, we got a GM, got a GM, and we got some, we got an outfield, we got an outfield, exactly right. Um, you know, uh, you know, we both said it in in the car. Um, you know. You know, again, growing up, you know, as a kid, a left-handed pitcher and, you know, playing high school ball and stuff like that, I I just absolutely loved Aaron Loop, you know, as a left-handed reliever. I mean, to me, you know, there was something special when I first saw him pitch for us this year, and I'm like, you know, this guy's, this guy's great. You know, he not only does he – he's obviously great with handling the left-handed pitchers, and, you know, now with the new rule that you have to pitch the three batters, he's got to deal with right-handed hitters as well, and he was handling everything. You know, the, the the ERA, you know, was up a little bit at the beginning of the year, and it kept going down, going down, going down, yeah, going down, going down. It got to it got to under one at the end of the year, and I'm like, I was like, unbelievable, because he pitched, I would say, close to 70 innings. It wasn't like, you know, he was pitching no, to one I, batter. He was always out there, actually. Yeah, every every time he was out there and, and, and doing the job, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is what you need in your bullpen. And, you know, there were some points during the season where the bullpen was almost the mainstay. And we and Met fans, we've never been able to say that. You know, there were times when they were holding the fort down so well, but you know, they you know the Angels picked up uh, Aaron Loop as well. So I guess basically we traded Noah Syndergaard and Aaron Loop for their old GM. 
It's what it looks like. Maybe almost. Why did they? I, I just don't understand why they let Loop walk. I mean, Syndergaard, you know, you can you can throw out an argument in either direction. I've I've heard both sides of the fence from Met fans. Some Met fans were saying good riddance. He was never going to be the same. Other Met fans like, oh, the Mets are going to regret this. He's going to be even better than he was. You know, so the jury will be out. Right. But I mean, Luke, we said the same thing about Matt Harvey. Right. Yep. And Matt Harvey did not turn out. I think with Matt Harvey, it was more of his head than his game. Um, he definitely was a head case. Um, I don't think Syndergaard falls into that category, no. although he's although he's very upfront and he's very animated and a lot of things he does. I think his 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 pitch will still make will still speak for himself. Yeah, you know, and I think I think he'll do well, but um, I'm not worried about that as as much. But um, Loop kills me because they finally found that left-handed specialist. Yeah, that I mean, I, I, Jerry Blevins for a while was good. Yeah, but yeah. Jerry Blevins couldn't. You know, you again. At the time, he was the lefty specialist. He only pitched the left-handed hitters. He was incredible at his at his craft. You know, he did well, but you know, put him with a right-handed pitcher, and you were in trouble. You know, but you know, now you look at the signings. You know, we we signed Sterling Marte. We start we signed Marcana. We signed Eduardo Escobar. So you got a solid outfield because you know you're going to lose Michael Conforto because I'm sure he's not going to resign here with those signings into play. You wondered whether he might, but, you know, they, uh, these three basically tell you right now, no. Yeah, I think the Mets You know, and you, and you got, uh, and you also got um, Nick Plummer, too. So you've got them plus Brandon Nimmo, who's still here. So you wonder, you know, is you know. I hope Brandon Nimmo's not gone because to me I I love his oh, I, I, I love his passion. Me. I think he's me. still a good fit with this team. I think he'll work out well. So, you know, that's that's uh obviously a possibility, but then you gotta look at the starting staff. You gotta wonder. Carrasco had it had an awful I was year. Very concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, give him a give him a full year of health, you know, off season health. You hope that turns around because he is he is a quality pitcher. He can be. He's got the, uh, you know, the the stats to to do that. But, you know, the the big questions are, you know, can you get a reliable starting pitcher? You know, I mean, you hear, you know, we uh, we obviously talked about it in the car ride. Um, we talked about the fact that you know they may be putting a a kick on the tires on Max Scherzer. You know, Gaussman from San Francisco is is definitely on the radar. There are some guys there. Right, I mean, and why are they? I mean, I think we talked about this in the car. Why not Stroman? Stroman was, to me, the most reliable pitcher we consistent. had you put him out there. Season, you put him out there, 30-plus starts. You put him out there for six six innings a game. Um, excellent fielder, you know, you know, could do, you know. Could do everything, you know. He was dependable. Good attitude, you know. Again, a Long Island kid. You know, we don't know. Obviously, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. Is there something that's you know, that's ticked off Steve Cohen? We don't know. You know, but uh, nothing, nothing there from the media to even you know, and the media guys, you know, know. Yeah, usually they dealing with him. I mean, they don't see you know. Obviously, you know, media in 2021 is different than media from four years ago because you're not accessing the players like you used to. You know, you're only getting, you know, a couple of guys via Zoom now. You know, so it's different. But anything you saw and we saw it, 
you know, watching post games and stuff, I didn't see anything that would lead you to believe to yeah. believe that would be a problem. So I don't know. That one's got me baffled. That you know. But you look at the you look at the lineup. I mean, um, you know, whether or not, and it still hasn't been announced yet whether officially the National League will have a full time DH next year. But if they do, then you know that Dominic Smith has a more defined role because he'll he'll either DH when he's not playing in the field, and when if he is playing in the field, you know Pete's going to DH. Right. So you basically you got those two spots basically solved right there. So the question is, you know, and it's it's an interesting question is whether or not they go and and get Javi Baez to play with Lindor at second base. I would be I think clutch if they could sign. I you know what? I I really didn't like his attitude when he first came here. But the more and more he played for this team and the more and more he did in clutch situations, the more and more I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, you look, he, he played 47 games for us. He hit 299, nine home runs and 22 RBIs. Put that over a, uh, yeah. you know, a third of a season. You're talking 2770. You know, his big problem is the strikeouts. He struck out, uh, let's see, struck out 53 times in 47 games. So that's not good. But, I, I think, think it was lower rate than he had. It was a lower rate than it was at the Cubs. Yes. Yeah. But that's always been his Achilles heel has right. been his strikeout. But you know, you know he you know, he was playing with his best friend. So, you know, what do you you know, what do you make the move to shortstop? I mean, both of them are, are absolutely brilliant shortstops. But, you know, the question is, will he consider doing this for his best friend? Right. You know, and, and Lindor had a had a difficult year number one. But I still look, you know, you still look at his past performances and look at his numbers and you got to say to yourself, I think he's still capable of being a solid player. I mean, you know, 20 home runs, 63 RBIs. All right. Yeah. The average stunk, but that's fixable. Yeah. And, and he was hurt, you know, mm-hmm. so you got to, you got to take that into consideration. All things considered, he he did recover well. Yeah, I mean his you know his WAR was positive. It was three point one. At one point, it was like negative three, you know, and that was bad. But you know he came back, and I, I think he I think he was a solid player, and I think he will be. You know, and you got and you know you're going to deal with him. You know you got to deal with some of the attitude, but whatever. You know he's happy go lucky, go for it. You know, but again, you know the 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 this whole situation comes back to the. To the staff, you know, and you hope that, you know, that we get our star back to the way he was, you know, having this whole year without Jacob DeGrom. And, and again, you just look at the number again, and I'm just just imagining if he had 30 starts, you know. Oh, gosh. You know, a whip of a, a whip of .55. I mean, that's that's video game numbers. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's a... That's an excellent video game player playing on basic to get a, get a whip of point five five. You know his WAR is four point four. That's just insane. That's insane. You know um, fourteen point three strikeouts per nine innings. Oh no, yeah, one hundred forty six strikeouts in fifteen games. Marcus Stroman had one hundred and fifty eight strikeouts in thirty three. Right. You know, just look at that. He would have had probably over, well over 300 strikeouts. I mean, 108 is just, that's just absolutely insane. You know, that's, I mean, you know, 
Nobody ever thought somebody would get to a Bob Gibson number. And, you know, uh, of course he was on pace. Yep. You know, he was on pace for that. Yeah, Aaron Luke, by the way, Aaron Luke pitched 56 innings for the Mets yeah. in 65 games. He was definitely out there a lot. Yeah, yeah. But we need a, we need a manager that I, I, I think with a little more backbone, I, I think to, to, you know, um, I don't want to say disciplinarian, but along that line. Yeah, I think you need an old school manager yeah. for this team. I really do. Um, you know, I don't know who. <coughs> yeah, I don't know who's out there. I, yeah, I, I really I've heard don't. names, but I, I'm not, you know, not married to anybody at this point. No. No, and it will be the new general manager's. <coughs> Excuse me. It'll be his role to, to, to get that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard them talking. About, I've heard Buck Showalter's name come up a couple of times, but I don't know if that. Was <coughs> yeah, I don't know if he want, they want to kick the tires on yeah, him. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> so you know that's the baseball situation again. You know the Yankees. You know there's still a lot of room. There's still a lot of movement with them. And yeah, they gave up some people. I mean, they just kind of cut loose with. Um, uh, of course, now I just lost the name of the guy. That surprised me a little bit. I tell you, it's just been a rough couple of months. <laughs> it really has. Yeah, for John, yeah, it it definitely has, and we'll leave it at that. But, but we let's just uh, let's just switch gears and head over to the NFL. Yeah, where where I don't remember the last time the New York both New York teams won on the same day. I know. I really wanted to go back and look, but I I just couldn't find the opportunity at this point. But. Um, you know, the Jets won 21-14 over the Houston Texans, which, you know, Houston's been just a disaster story with their quarterback situation and, you know, guys disappearing, J.J. Watt gone. So it's just been a bad year. And, you know, finally Zach Wilson had a uh, had a game to be, be happy about. I mean, you know, not the greatest numbers, 14 for 24 for 145 yards and an interception, but he was out there, played a full game, got a win. You know, um, you know, two rushing, actually two rushing touchdowns, but one was Wilson's. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, good for, good for the Jets. They fall, they fall to three and eight. Um, you know, um, you know, I was expecting maybe four wins this year, so they're right at where they were. And then you look at the Giants, who, uh, who, uh, had a big win over the Philadelphia Eagles today on Michael Strahan re- number retirement day. Right. Um, they go to four and seven, three and three at home. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting with um, with currently right now. You know, even at four and seven, the Giants are not necessarily out of things in in this crazy NFC. Yeah, that's because you look. The Giants are four and seven. The Washington's four and six. The Eagles are five and seven, and the Cowboys just lost. You know, they've lost two in a row now. So they may be falling back to earth. You look at a potential wild card situation, and right now there's only one wild card team that may be. Well, right now the Rams and the 49ers at seven and four and six and five. So you're talking, you get a win streak together here. You've got the Giants technically have a shot. Yeah, I don't think they're going no, to. No, I don't think they will. I don't but... think they will, but. You know, it if makes they can it makes six or seven games. It makes it'll December be a moral foot, victory. right? It makes December football a little bit interesting, right? You know, Daniel Jones played well today. 
Um, I saw a little bit of the third and fourth quarter, and he really looked he looked solid. You know, they not not big numbers, but you know, um, but again, as a Giant fan, you've got to be a little more comfortable, I guess, with the way they picked up. Yeah, they fired Jason Garrett, and you wondered what would have happened, you know, with that. And I don't think I don't think they embarrassed themselves. And and looking uh, looking at the Giant schedule, they got. To me, they've got two potential winnable games um, at Miami and at the L.A. Chargers um, and before they come back and play the Cowboys and Eagles. Right. So, I mean, three of the next four on the road, you know, they'll be at Philadelphia, too, the day after Christmas. But, you know, you've got three winnable games right there, which would put you at 7-7, seven and seven, the Cowboys. You don't know. You could be, you know, they could conceivably be seven and eight come week sixteen and week seventeen, where they got the Bears in Washington to finish the season. So there, there, there's, there's definitely, you know, a possibility, or I'll say a, a, a glimmer of hope, but hope nevertheless. I mean, if you thought the way the season started for the Giants, if you thought at week, week, week twelve of the season, you know, week uh, game eleven for them, you know, they've got, they've got a possibility. Yep. And that's that's better than expected. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, just going back to the uh, the standings here. Um, you know, there's no, there's maybe one or two, you know, clear cut teams that you know are going to be good. I mean, would you have ever thought, you know, with with the kid at quarterback in uh, with Mac Jones in in New England that the, the Patriots would be leading the division at eight and four? I can't. I, that's Amazes yeah, me. it's 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 Bill Belichick. It's it's yeah. his system. He you know he gets the right guys in the right situations. The only thing about um, New England, which which really surprises me, is they're three and four at home and five and zero oh on the road. That's yeah. that's the thing that's surprising me with them. You know, my Bills are behind them. They're they're a half game behind because they played one less. Uh, I think New England has a bye next week. They've won six in a row. So they they got to buy. So who knows if that momentum could, you know, could potentially maybe hurt them. You know, the Bills. You know, one week play like world beaters, and yeah, that kind of next week they play like world beaten. <laughs> you know, and that's the story of the story of Buffalo in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, Josh Allen's having a great year. Diggs is having a good year. You know, their defense has had two shutouts this year, which has been impressive. But you just you know. You know, uh, actually, I'm going to just click on my on my bills and look at the schedule. You know, for the rest of the year. Now, the next, actually, um, no, actually, next week the Patriots don't uh, have a bye because they're at home against Buffalo's at home against New England. So Ooh. that's where you're going to see uh, what happens with them. So I think they have a bye, I guess, later on. But they play uh, versus versus New England at home next week. They play at Tampa Bay. Then versus Carolina, again at New England, and then Atlanta to end the season. So two big games with the Patriots in, in, in four weeks. So that's going to make a it's break. An interesting schedule. It's going to make a break Buffalo oh, season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, again, uh, so that's the that's the uh, the NFC East, which is, like I said, it's going to be that two-team dogfight. Um I don't know what the final score was today, but I saw at halftime that the Steelers were losing to the Bengals thirty-one to three. Oh, by the way, they lost forty-one to ten. They lost. Wow. 
So yeah, so New England's at the uh, Pittsburgh at the bottom of the division at five five and one. You got Baltimore at seven and three playing right now, and they're they're beating Cleveland three nothing. Um, and Cincinnati seven and four. I think that's that's a great story. You know, uh, you know they're winning games. Right? Yeah, because it's not only winning games, but their defense has been good. Tennessee um, eight and four right now, leading the central division, uh, the the South division. With Indianapolis uh, losing a tough one at the end to uh, to Tampa Bay, I think Leonard Fournette got his fourth touchdown with like like less than a minute left to play uh, for them to lose at home. Um, and again, you know, Houston and Jacksonville two and nine, Kansas City as struggling as they've been, they come back, win two in a row or win four in a row actually, take the lead. The Chargers at six and five, the Raiders at six and five, and the Broncos six and five. So that's going to be a dog fight between the four of them. Then you look at the NFC. I mean, the only team that's really, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Arizona, nine and two. Green Bay, nine and three. Tampa, eight and three. They got they're comfortable in their divisions. And again, then it just comes out to the East right now. Right. So it comes out to you know whether whether Philly, Washington, or the Giants have what it takes to uh, you know do something in their in their division to you know to make up the difference. You know, right now the Giants are one and two. Actually, the, the the Washington football team has only played one division game yet out of six. They've only played one game. And actually, all of them, Dallas has only played two. Philly's played two. Washington's played one. The Giants have played three. So, you know, Washington's got five division games left in their next seven. It's going to be uh, so, interesting. So they, 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 yeah, I mean, it runs their destiny. If they can, they can pull wins, it's, just, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know. And then we look at... You know, just for kicks and giggles, I don't pay attention to it much, but we look at the NBA. Um, you know, I know the Knicks have been struggling of late. I know they were playing the Nets, I think, today, I believe. Um, or was that last night? Oh, that was, yeah, no, I think it's tomorrow they play the Nets. But, uh, yeah, the Nets are winning their division right now. Um, oh, no, but I'm, I'm talking the conference. I mean, they're number one in the conference. Um, right now, the Knicks are seventh in the conference at eleven and nine. But again, the Knicks are relevant for a change. Yeah. You know they're, they're you know they played good. They're playing good basketball, and uh, the big surprise is you know the uh, the worst of first uh, Golden State Warriors now are eighteen and two. <laughs> well, they were decimated with injuries all year. Steph was hurt. You know they had a lot of problems, but uh, so they 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 are back, and that that. Uh, Looks looks interesting so far, but I I'd like to see what happens with Brooklyn. They're still playing without a, uh, you know, Kawhi. No, not Kawhi. Uh, Irving. I forget his first name, but whatever. But uh, yeah, with that COVID situation. But um, yeah. So then we get back to the NHL. Um, again, Paul Kreischer will be joining us in about five minutes or so to talk about his take and uh, you know officially get get. You get John off the ledge, but you know, just talking quick, you know, in the few minutes we got, uh, Florida Panthers finally lost their first home game, home right? game yeah. uh, to the Seattle Kraken of all teams. Um, so yeah, they're uh, they are number one in the or number number one in division, tied with Toronto, but number two in the Eastern Conference behind the conference leading Washington Capitals, who are fourteen three and five right now. Um, Tampa Bay is four points behind. Florida again, Detroit in fourth place, ten nine and three. So they're really, 
doing a good job. Boston's in fifth, but again, they've played six games less than the Montreal Canadiens, for example, who are obviously behind them, but four games behind, four games in hand on Florida, five games in hand on Toronto. So they could be right up there as well. Again, the Rangers we talked about earlier at 13, 4, and 3. Great start to their season. And they've played 13 games on the road as well and only seven at home. So they yeah. haven't had some home cooking either. Not as much as we have, of course, but you know, but still. Um, then you look in the Western Conference, the Edmonton Oilers, with the unbelievable dynamic duo of, of uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I think Dreisaitl has 20 goals already. I think. I'm just pulling it up right now just to see. Yeah, 20 goals and uh, 20 assists for 40 points in 20 games. Connor McDavid with 22 assists, and I believe he's got 18 or 19 goals. So they just, you know, McDavid, what, he, he was, what, the fourth fastest to get the 600, I think, in NHL history behind Gretzky and Lemieux and somebody and somebody else. I don't remember who was the other one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they are... They are an unbelievable duo, and, and you know they're playing with a former New York Islander goaltender and Miko Koskinen. Yeah, Thor. Who's the done? Yeah, Thor. the big guy. He's done well. You know, I mean, they were they were hoping on forty year old Mike Smith to be their starter, but he got hurt, and Koskinen has come in and, and has done a nice job. And uh, you know, you can't you can't fault them. They're they're really doing they're really doing well. Um, you know, and. Then uh, Minnesota, I believe, is leading in the Central Division. That's really going to be a a very tight division, you know, with four or five teams within a couple points of each other. And, you know, it's, you know, you like to see that, you know, nobody's really running away with things, but, you know, but teams are playing well. You know, right. and all we need now is our, our boys to get healthy and get out of their funk and, uh, you know, play some meaningful hockey. And there's 65 games left in the season, boys and girls. There's plenty of time for things to happen. You know, it's not a, you know, it's not do or die yet. But there's there's a possibility. They're 12 points out with 65 to go and four games in hand. So, um, so that's it. We talked about all the sports. We got everything in. Um, nobody called. Yeah, nobody called, but that's all right. It's all right. But we will have. Um, Mr. Paul. Mr. Paul Kreischer of Isles Talk coming in, and hopefully uh, we will get back to some of our uh, little uh, Facebook Live broadcast too, and stuff. But, you know, Paul's got a good insight, and we're going to talk to him not only about what's been going on with the Islander team, but, you know, he's always got his pulse on the uh, on the prospect pool. And, you know, uh, our pick from last year, Atu Rati, has uh, changed teams in Finland and has been doing quite well. Um Matter of fact, very, very well. So we'll talk to him about that and get his insights of what's going on. But uh, we'll uh, we'll have a couple commercials and then uh, we'll come back for the last segment of WGBB Sports Talk with Gary and John. Uh, we hope you stay tuned and uh, we will be back in a uh, couple of minutes.
You're listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. And we are back on WGBB Sports Talk on our last segment of the evening on this Sunday, the 28th of November, 2021. Again, to remind everybody, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at WGBB Sports Talk. You can also visit the website at WGBBSportsTalk.com. All the past shows are there. All the upcoming show information is there. Podcast. If you need to, uh, let me just fix John's. Yeah, Can you hear still, a little better? I hope so. We'll see when okay. the on. Um, and so, again, podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. WGBB Sports Talk is the place to go. Again, you'll hear that interview tomorrow morning. If you didn't hear it at 8, eight o'clock with Dwayne Rollison, um, that's where you'll get it. And on Tuesday morning, the second half, the second hour will air, and that will include this guy who we call Mr. Nostradamus, uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the psychologist of Isles Talk, um, you know, the, uh, the head honcho, uh, our third wheel as far as this show is concerned. Uh, he is Paul Kreischer, the one and only. Paul, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, man. Thanks. I hope you guys too. But uh, just to help with John's therapy session here, real quick, and this is where I'm going to get started off. Um, you actually whined and complained about walking in snow to get to a hockey game. <laughs> I didn't. I did. He did. I didn't say that. I said the. Well, again, you haven't been there yet, Paul. You don't know <laughs> what what the what what the what it's like. You're, You're know talking the col- to someone who deals with twelve. 12 inches of squall snow like every other week. It's a good thing people in Canada really don't listen to you because otherwise they'd be like, who is this moron talking to? We're walking through the well, the parking lots all the time. Talk to the people in Winnipeg, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. No, they get to a Hold hockey on. game. Hold on. Their read is downtown, okay? They don't have to. They could, oh. go, they could go from a parking garage and walk into the arena without stepping outside. So don't tell me that. Okay. Give me a better right, example. We'll go Calgary. We'll go Edmonton. <laughs> they still got to walk in snow here. <laughs> well, it's because those John, people... how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Oh, I'm yeah, all he's right. not going to talk to me, so I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, boys. What do we want to start off with? Well, John, I'll give you the floor. So what do you think? Are we done? Like a lot of these fans are saying... No, we're not done. Um, as, as you guys know, I, I pretty much don't look at the standings yet until, you know, well, after the first ten, first ten games, we can all, you know, kind of figure out just through the eyeball test who's, like, out of the playoffs. And I think that first team, I think, was Arizona. Uh, that poor franchise, they don't even know where they're playing next year. Mm-hmm. Could be Winnipeg. I'm um, Not Winnipeg. Could be Quebec. Who knows? Um, they were the first team out. After that, I get a little curious by game 31, and then the standings get more interesting for me by game 41. And the Islanders really haven't haven't even played half their half their games yet to even get to that point. 
So, no, I'm not worried yet. I am a little concerned, but uh, am I worried yet? No, not at all. That's my feeling too. I mean, I'm concerned. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. You, you never like to see sure. a team of this caliber with the coaching, you know, stumble eight in a row. It's never has never happened. I think uh, you know, Trotz's teams have never no. lost eight in a row. I like his quote that he said the other day. You know, this is the he said this is a struggle, the toughest struggle I've ever been in, and I've been on an expansion team. No, I mean, because even yeah. if you go back and look at his history, his his predators were always in. In they weren't great, but they were they were never you know, you know, dead out of the playoffs. So, you know, yeah, it's it's true. He hasn't experienced anything like that. But then again, no one's ever experienced the kind of situations that the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders have have, have considered themselves to be in now. Yeah, but there's one there, there's one difference right now, and and we we can get into it. Um, you know, the the difference between the Islanders and the Senators, and even the San Jose Sharks. I think that was the other team you guys mentioned, is that the Islanders are supposed to be in. You know, they're, they're favorites to win the cup. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people riding on the Islanders to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. At the bare minimum, make the playoffs. And, John, I know you said something about uh, the NHL, uh, you know, not taking a stance or whatnot. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. I can tell you right now, the NHL didn't make that decision. Really? The owners finally stepped. The, the owners. The owners stepped in. The owners stepped in, told the NHL, put the Islanders under their COVID. Stop them. We need them in the playoffs. How many years have the three of us been talking about our possible first-round matchup at UBS Arena? Who did we always want? Mm-hmm. The Rangers. Yeah. Right. It's all about the money, guys. Yeah, but it's all about the money. But I mean... You need the Islanders in the playoffs, especially this year, and especially if the Rangers are going to go anywhere this year. But, but, but why wasn't it done Wednesday? Why wasn't yeah. it done Friday? That's because the, the Islanders needed more numbers. They needed more numbers so that way the NHL can bend the rules a little bit because the owners got on their case and be like, okay, now it's going to happen. And if I'm not mistaken, the Islanders were up to seven or eight, and they had a couple more players to ready to go on the protocol list. Well, they had three. They had three that were not. Uh, co- they're not players. Yeah, they three. Staff. Yeah, they were not accounted for. Right. Right. Yeah. Plus, you had three staff. They couldn't be accounted for. And you had to, absolutely had to, open up UBS Arena. Oh, I get I, You had I, to. I get that, but, but what, what what made the difference for Wednesday and Friday? Were they in the same situation? I mean, minus, what, well, with one more, but. Yeah, I just think Wednesday and Friday's game should have been postponed. That's you know, my Ottawa had a, Ottawa had a week to recoup. You know, had long, had, how long? They had a week. They had three games that was over a week to recoup. Yeah, but no one cares about Ottawa this year. But doesn't, that's not the point, though. But but still, you I, I, you honestly say because remember, not only you, you, are you not playing, but your facility has been shut down till till Tuesday morning. So, guys, I'm telling you right now, if it were up to Gary Bettman, the Islanders would still be playing. Unless the Islanders hit their player protocol list. Mm. 
They hit the numbers. The owners stepped in and they said, no, shut the Islanders down. We need to give them a fighting chance to get into the playoffs. I hope that's true. I mean, yeah, I that's heard... when that's when the that's when the owners simply stepped in. We're talking about a timetable. That moment you had the Rangers Islanders and you had Ranger fans having sympathy for Islander fans. That's a good time to shut the season down, boys. <laughs> there is not one Ranger fan that came up to me and said, "You know, you deserve to lose or whatever." It's like, no, we were playing your minor league team. No big deal. Mm. That is when you have to start closing things down. And that's when the owners finally stepped in. You cannot play the Bridgeport Islanders against anybody else at this point. No. No. I, I, I do. The owners that. finally stepped in. And I'll tell you right now, if, if the owners did not step in, the Islanders would have played, what was it, last night, and they would have they would have played tonight. No, they didn't have a game last night. Yeah, they played tonight. Uh, Friday, uh, the night before. Was, yeah. Yeah. Right. Those two games would have been played, unless the Islanders hit that protocol number. Yeah, what is the protocol number? Is there some magic number? I believe it's 10. <laughs> I believe it's 10. That's 10, and it's 10 plus the, the injuries that they have right now to Brock and. No, the injuries do not count. No, I know. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying it's 10 oh, yeah. plus. It's 10 plus. Oh, I mean, yeah. 14. I mean. Oh, I'm... yeah. 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 And believe me, I think losing Brock and, uh, Pollock is still been bigger than losing the guys on, pro, uh, on, COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're going to replace Brock yet. Well, you know, Pollock. They said two to four, so you figure he's about a week now. So, yeah. You know, this this this, COVID, this being out with COVID could be almost a blessing in disguise. He gets that back, maybe not missing as much. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Get some of these guys healthy, get some of these guys off the injured list, get these guys in a couple of practices, and basically start the season over. Yep. This is it. This is how you do it. Um so you you can thank the owners. But go ahead. No, okay. Well let's 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 talk about the team. Obviously, you know, the situation is not what anybody wants, but just looking at sure. some of the call ups, I mean, I don't know if you heard me talk earlier. I really I mean, you you've talked about him for years, so I know what you feel about him, but to me, watching the game on Friday night in the building and seeing Robin Sala bring the puck up. I swear to God, I thought it was Nick Letty. I really did. I'm oh yeah, no. I think I, I think the three of us all agreed last year that at some point I we I, I me personally I would love to see Sala and, and Dobson uh, on one line. I think that may happen if not next year, definitely the year after. Could be sooner. Depends on how many games he plays this year. Um, I I've enjoyed his game so far. Um, I do see a future potential with him. I also agree with what Trot said. He, you know, he's almost there. He's not there yet, and I kind of agree with that. But I, I, I love what I see out of him so far. He hasn't. But, uh, dis- it's you know, it's down to the Barry Trot system. Yeah, he hasn't disappointed, and I, I don't know what happened. You know, going to the other side of the game, but I don't. I, I really think it's because of the fact that, you know, he spent the first seven games on the sidelines watching, but. I really think Sebastian Ajo is, is, is he need, there's something needs to be done with him. Yeah, he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. Um, that, that's just it. The last year or two, he just hasn't seen the game. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to stay half, you know, glass half full here and say it, it's just rush, rust, because, you know, practices are not the same as games. Um, other than that, I've got nothing on Sebastian Ajo after that. 
Um, it's, yeah. that's, that's probably the truth. I mean, he hasn't really, you know, he was on the taxi squad last season, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, how much? Did, how many games did he actually get into last season? Not not many. No, about a handful, maybe three or four. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, you saw him in Bridgeport, and, and, and he was a two-time AHL All-Star, so you figure, you know, he's the type of person that could, you know, make that next step and go up but uh, i mean you know you know as they always say it's you know next person mentality you know you get up there you've got to take you know every opportunity your chances and you know there were some points in the range game where i, I really thought i was going to send john out on the ice because he would have <laughs> done a better job yeah no you guys are right on that one yeah we we'll, we, we'll see how many more chances he gets but you know I, i'm thinking maybe one and, and that's you know that's if there's an injury to Thomas Hickey, and I hope there isn't. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what Sebastian Aho has left. But I've enjoyed. You know, maybe his playing days as an Islander are over. We'll see. Speaking of Hickey, I've actually enjoyed watching him come back. I mean, it's a it's a you know a touching story between the uh, the death of his brother and the injuries he's had and all the work he's done and not and not a complaint, not a peep out no. of him. And he and he gets his opportunity. And, and to me, I mean, he hasn't done anything. You know. You know, uh, of of star quality, but he came back like he never left. You know, I mean, his same simple, you know, uh, basic uh, kind of a game. You know, nothing flashy, nothing crazy, but he's come out and done everything he needed to do. And I really thought that in the Pittsburgh game, he he played very well. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I didn't get to see the, I didn't get to see all of the game. But was he paired with Mayfield again? Um, they were flipping a lot of. Okay, I still love that Hickey Mayfield combo. Um, I always felt that worked very well. No, but, I think you know, they had Sal- actually most of the game. Salo was with Mayfield. Now I come to think of it, Salo and Mayfield. Yeah, it was Salo and Mayfield. Oh, I actually like that combo too. Uh, you know, Salo mm-hmm. Mayfield, Salo um, uh, Dobson. I, yeah, good on Trotson for doing that. But now you can put Thomas Hickey in with anybody, and if you need him to be a voice. In a locker room, he can be that, and you know he'll take every, he'll take every chance he can get, and he's, you know he's you'll, you you won't even know he was sent down. Consummate that's, professional, that's right. the type of player, and he's respected by his teammates. I mean, it's clear that they they love the guy. Definitely, yeah, he fits into the system. Now, obviously, the offensive side of the game, you know, we're <laughs> average, yeah, it's. It's you know you, you obviously you look at <clears throat> excuse me sorry um you, you obviously the, the guys are gripping their sticks too tight you know um, bad luck I mean poor Zach Parisi someday he's got to get a goal I mean you know he to me he's he's his attitude and the way he's gone out there he's done everything I think you could have asked him to do and more except just get luck you know like I, I keep saying we need. Um, we need to get one of those um, goals off the guy's butt. Just something. And I think that's also true for Pajot. I think that's true for Paul Mary. Um, you know, I, I, you know what? I even think that's true for Kiefer Bellows. I think Kiefer Bellows is just holding his stick too tight. Um, I, you know, all three of them. And at some point, they're going to break out. And when they break out, you know, would I be shocked if the Islanders went nine zero and one? Not at all. Would I be shocked if they went nine zero one and eight and two? Not at all. Um, 
You know, they just got to play Islander hockey the rest of the way out, and they'll be in the playoffs. I don't think there's going to – I don't see that being a problem. Um, also, you know, another troubling thing, to you know, for the season was Varlamov was injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to start the season. I think if Varlamov gets in a couple of good games, gets in a couple more practices, and he gets hot, I think the Islanders can make a run. There's just too much time for the Islanders right now to miss the playoffs. Yeah, That's I mean, Sorokin point. had those bad couple of games, you know, during the streak. But you know, and you didn't see the whole game, Paul. But I mean, you might have heard some of it. But to me, um, Sorokin was back on his game. It was it was it was a typical Ilya Sorokin game. His side to side play was impeccable. You know, obviously you would have wanted to go back. You know, but. You know, I, I, I have no worries about him anymore. You know, he, you know, I think it was just a couple bad blips. You know, the defense held him to, you know, hung him to dry, you know, in Florida. Right. So, you know, he's, he's fine. So, like I said, to me, that Pittsburgh game was probably, I think, one of the better games they played all year. Except they just couldn't get a puck in the net. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. The scoring, you know, guy gives up one goal. Okay. He might want it back. But, you know, as Barry Trotz has often said, you know, if you're giving up one or two goals in a game, you should be winning them. Yeah. Yeah. And to to his point, you know, again, with Varlamov having some, you know, early season issues, you know, the Islanders have not missed the playoffs when the total team defense and goaltending only gives up 217 goals. Right now, including the empty netters, they're on pace for 224. If Varlamov gets better, they're going to be underneath that average. I'm going to say right now on a safe bet that the Islanders will score more than that. And, again, you're going to see, like, a big, it's what we call by a red to green move. You know, Mm -hmm. know, they're on their way down. All of a sudden they turn things up, and then they just, you know, sky's the limit. You know, I think that's what we're going to see out of this team. They're all finally going to snap. It's all going to click in. You're going to see the confidence, and then look out. Again, I we, still we, think it can happen, despite their age. Right. Yep. Well, again, we're here on WGB Sports Talk with Paul Kreischer from Isles Talk. In the uh, last ten minutes, we got you on. Uh, let's let's just turn to um, you know some of the prospects, which is your uh, your point of expertise, yeah, if you will. Um, looking at Aturate, the boy that that trade has done. Obviously, you know if people haven't seen. And definitely check out the uh, the Twitter feeds. Some of the goals he's been scoring for his new team have been just just brilliantly beautiful to watch. No, they are, and I'm very happy for him. I'm I, I'm I'm glad he's getting that in. But I'm gonna I'm gonna compare that to Kiefer Bellows and going back to the Ontario Hockey League instead of staying in college. You know, scoring goals is great. I want to see his two way game. A little bit better, mm-hmm. and in all honesty, uh, again, I'm a little harder on the prospects. I really do need to see him make the World Junior Championships this year for Finland. If he doesn't, that also says something. Okay. I need the goal scoring is great. Everyone wants to see goals. That's wonderful. I get it. And yes, he deserves the playing time. There's no question. But you know, does he make the World Junior Championships? He's an overager now. You know, what's he going to do? You know, now, I don't look at the regular season stats, boys. I never have. What I look at is, you know, 
what do they do in the playoffs if they make the playoffs? And do they make at least, you know, the World Junior Championships while they're still in juniors? So he's got to show me something or everyone that he can make Team Finland in the World Juniors and then see how well he plays after that. Because in, in my opinion, the World Junior Championships at that age is about as close to NHL ready as you're going to get. Okay. Where is he? And it's going to be something that we're going to have to see. So I hope they vote him in. I hope he gets into Team Finland. Uh, but, you know, if he does, then we'll have this conversation again. <laughs> well, who has impressed you, though? Who, what, what prospects out? Because I've read a couple of things about some of the guys we have. So curious. Yeah, no one really has. No? No one really has. And, and, no. And, and the reason why, John, is because it's the regular season. And sometimes the regular season is like playing high school baseball. If, you know, if you're a great pitcher, you're going to pitch most of those games. If not, you're going to get blasted at by, like, the parents. Um, unless the Islanders are telling, you know, these prospects, you know, these, you know, the, the teams that these prospects play on, hey, we want you to play such and such a style. I'm not worried about what they do during their numbers. I'm not worried about, you know, how they play the game. Um, it, it's just get as many games played as possible. Um, we're at a point now with this organization where you got to be good enough to make Bridgeport. Okay. And the regular season right now doesn't say anything about whether they're going to be good enough to be in Bridgeport or not. It's what can you do in the playoffs, what can you do at the World Junior Championships, so on and so forth. So I like what I see. But I, I usually don't hold any merit during the regular season, and that includes William DeFore. Uh, William DeFore over at the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is lighting it up. Uh, he should be. He's an overager, and mm-hmm. I, oh, I was going to look him up, but, um, they ended up getting a centerman who's basically like a Matt Barzell type of player, and he's been setting up DeFore this entire time. Uh, I believe he was a first round pick from somebody. I don't know who. So uh, DeFore right now has all the tools. He's on a very good team. He's lighting it up. That's wonderful. Let, you know, does he make Team Canada at the World Junior Championships? That's something I want to see. Uh, how well does he do uh, in the Memorial Cup tournament? That's going to be another one. You know, because they're lighting it up right now. It's the regular season. These overagers are playing 16, 17-year-olds. Big whoop de doo it, it to, to me, it doesn't, you know, the regular season's okay. As long as they're not injured, that's fine. But, you know, get as many games as in as you can, but I need to see more from the prospects when it comes to playoff time and World Junior Championships and even the World Championships. I include the World Championships as well, even if they get a shot in. So give me more international, um, more of a younger NHL flavor, like the international tournaments, and we'll talk later. But as far as I'm concerned... I don't pay attention to the regular season as much, um, you know, until it's, you know, until they mean something. For right now, as long as they stay healthy, that's fine. Well, let me ask you this then, um, with that. Uh, you know, the uh, Antel goalie chef was called up <clears throat> to the team. Sorry, I'm having a little trouble with my voice here. Um, and he hasn't been... Obviously, you know, he's been in warm-ups, but they haven't put him in the game. I mean, I've heard such good things about him playing in Bridgeport, but Trot says he's not ready. I, I mean, I look at an Andy Andrahoff, 
and compare him to an Anatoly Goloshev. I know he's only been in North America for a short time, but he's played in the KHL for six, what, six, seven years? I think if I look, compare anybody to be closer, I might go to, I might go Goloshev's way. I mean, am I wrong in that question? No, and I, I, I don't know what the hesitation is to not put in Goloshev. Um, I, I, I liked his game too. I don't know if his, if it's more of the defensive style. I don't know if he's more east-west than north-south. Um, no, I agree. I think Goloshev at this point at least needs a look. But, you know, if Trot says no, I mean, who am I to say? Yeah. No, I get you know? that. I get that. That's, that's, I'm just yeah. curious, though, what it is about his game that he doesn't feel he's, you know, he's ready. Uh, that would be, I mean, obviously that question needs to be addressed to, to Barry Trot. My only concern would be his size. His size, he would get mauled over like Josh Hosang did. Um, you know, yes, he's got the speed. You know, he, but he's not even as big as Anthony Bovillier. I think Bovillier is even bigger than him at this point. And again, it's when, when I watched him in the KHL, uh, I would cringe every time he got hit. And, you know, the KHL hits usually are not the same as NHL hits. NHL hits a little more harder. There's a little more sandpaper and grit to the NHL than the KHL. But, you know, the only thing I could see is size. I mean, that goes the same with, you know, Thomas Hickey. Thomas Hickey is, you know, on the smaller side and he, you know, he's playing only because of injuries. So yeah. I'm wondering if it's Golishev who's in that same lack of size mold that's preventing him from actually making the lineup. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. That's a good point. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't really know he was. On the smaller side, for some reason, I, I thought, you know, you think Russian, you think big. No. Yeah, no, I mean, he can play the gritty style. You know, he's Beauvillier, but he crashes the net very well. Um, you know, but again, you know, how quickly will he get knocked off the puck? Right. You know, right. but exactly. again, he, he, you know, he's showing he can play in the American Hockey League. But again, it's like talking to a junior player. He is an overager in the American Hockey League. Right. You know, he's going to score goals on some of these rookie goaltenders. So maybe that's another reason. I don't know. But his size would be the only reason that would keep him back. That's the only thing I can think of. So anything, uh, anything else Islander related you want to talk, tell the audience tonight? Uh, folks, don't worry yet. You know, don't, don't hit the panic button. I know some of you are. Uh, oh, yeah. you should some be concerned. Yes. Worried? Not yet. You didn't even play 20 games yet. Thank the owners for stopping your season for now. Um, the Islanders will get it back together at some point. Uh, and we're also going to, I, I think I'm going to do a show tomorrow. I'm off. I'm going to have enough time. Uh, we'll go into a little more depth with this tomorrow. If you guys want to join me, that'd be great. Uh, but Islander fans, don't worry yet. You know, don't throw Josh Bailey out. He's on pace for six goals, which is normal for him this time of year. <laughs> don't pick it up at some point. Um, Gary's still going to have to walk in the snow to get to UBS Arena. Bless <laughs> you, my son. Um, yeah, you, you know, the, the, the sun will rise tomorrow. And I'm telling you right now, if Parisi, Pajot, and Palmieri all get it together, 
the Islanders will be back on track. Oh, your lips to God's ears, Paul. We gotta, we gotta go. We're, we're going off the air in a minute, but listen, thank you for coming on. Yep. Uh, com. P underscore Chrysler on Twitter is the place to find them. We always thank you for coming on. You're, you're the best, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a happy, uh, have a happy, happy holidays. Yeah, well, we'll talk to you before then, I'm sure. But anyway. Okay, cool. All right, so okay. we want to thank Paul Chrysler and Dwayne Rollison for joining us. John, as always, you do a great job. Uh, we probably won't be on the air till after the holiday is over, so we want to wish everybody yeah. the best of holiday seasons. It is Hanukkah tonight, so oh, we wish all our Jewish friends a happy Hanukkah. And again, stay on, stay on the ledge. We'll be fine, Islander fans. Things will get better. In the words of Bill Hayes, keep skating, everybody. And thank you for joining us on WGDB Sports Talk New York. Have a wonderful day. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.